This is Dump and Chase with Zach Staten. Playoff Edition. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dump and Chase the Podcast. As always, my name is Zach Staten, and I hope you've been doing well, and I hope you've been watching NHL playoff hockey, because again, that's what we're going to be talking about today. We are going to be going over each series, Leafs, Panthers, Canes, Devils, Knights, Oilers, and then the last one, the Stars and the Kraken. It's going to be a fun one, so remember, sit back, relax, and enjoy. And if you have anything to mention throughout the podcast, save the questions, leave them in the comments below, send me an email any way that you would like. I always appreciate the feedback. But really interesting second round, uh, one that I really don't think a lot of people expected it to kind of turn out. I mean, when we look at the Panther series, uh, them coming out on top, uh, the Canes was more of an obvious one. I think the Vegas Oilers one was a really a throw up in whoever you really thought was going to go through and the Kraken made it really interesting. Uh, but we're going to go over each one. Uh, first, we're going to start with the East and go with the Panthers versus Leafs. Let's get right into it. We'll get right back to the podcast, but first these messages. Most people say hockey is 90% mental, but rarely do hockey players work on their mindset and mental skills. If you want to start playing with more confidence and consistency, then be sure to check out Upper Mentality for all your mental toughness needs. They are proud to train the minds of elite athletes and teams across the AHL, OHL, NCAA, and more. Check them out at uppermentality.ca to book in a no-obligation call. You can also find this in the description of the podcast. Now let's get back to the program. And the disappointment, honestly, that I think Leafs fans uh, felt in that series was was something that kind of brought back the feeling of, man, it's just the first round all over again. I mean, and you have the conversations about, does this really mean something? Is this moving forward, getting out in the second round in five games after finally beating those demons, getting past the the team like the Tampa Bay Lightning and being able to get into the second round but then not showing up for the first three and making it a five-game series really when the series was already done. So I think when we talk about the series right off the bat, um, it's just about showing up for the Leafs at first. I mean, the conversations, nine points in that series combined between William Nylander, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, and John Tavares. And that just can't happen. Like, it, it cannot happen with your big four when you have nine points combined in a whole series. You need more production from them. And now, this is a big part about why they lost, but it's also on a lot of other things, right? Just being able to get that production from other spots. And we did see that and having different things go that way. Like, Sergey Bobrovsky, a 9.43 in this series, which is absolutely nuts. Like, you... you like what are you what are you gonna say about that? He played absolutely insane, say fifty of fifty-two in that game five. Like even when we look at like other players, Carver Hagee, Matthew Kachuk, uh, Brandon Montour, who had a big part of this series. And I know people are gonna be talking about, oh, well, there was some calls that were missed by the refs. I'm not gonna get into that because if you're gonna blame the whole series on why the refs were bad, then there's a lot of other things that were going wrong with your team. 
that were because of that. And um, I'm, not, I'm not dismissing any of the missed calls, but let's just also note that it's not all because of that. Like when you look at like the first uh, three games of this series, they were close. They were very close games. Like this, this was not something where it was like a blowout. I mean, 4-2 in the first game, I was present there actually in the arena. And honestly, I didn't really think they played that well. Like there were some points where I, it was just it was a very slow game. The, the the arena was kind of taken back by it. The Florida Panthers had the Leafs by the throat in that first game. They were controlling the play. They were being able to put the puck in, grab it, and then when it wasn't in their zone, they were able to control it and just make it so boring and such a terrible game to watch where it was such good hockey because that's what you want to play. You want to play keep away. You want to create your own chances and give them nothing. That's exactly what happened. Even for the 3-2 game in game two, it was just, it, there wasn't really much that the Leafs could do there. The 3-2 game in overtime, what a wee, odd goal by Sam Reinhart. Um, and just another game that I think the Leafs just fought, fell back on behind. They had a lead, they lost it. Look at game four, they win that only by 2-1, but they win it. It was a really good uh, uh, game all around for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and then the game five, three, two in overtime, um, that goal by Nick Cousins, and you just, you you gotta feel bad for Maple Leafs fans, because you kind of expect something different each year, and it doesn't happen, and that's just how it goes, and Florida was the better team, we saw that, and a lot of people have been doubting them this whole playoffs, we saw that in the first round with the Boston Bruins, how they came back from 3-1, and then they take Toronto five games and beat them, now they're in the Eastern Conference final versus the Carolina Hurricanes, so I mean, Creds to Sergei Borowski and Carter Verhage, Sam Bennett, who just played like an absolute menace in that series. Honestly, he made me dislike him in that series because of how he played. But he just plays always with a chip on his shoulder. He's always in the corners. He's always battling. He's always making things interesting. And even when we look at even Barkov, Barkov wasn't like a very key player in the series, but you had him. Like I think he maybe had like a couple points. I know he had a goal. Um, but he wasn't like anything special, but that's the point. Your big player don't step up. Okay, we're going to go grab uh, Matthew Chuckton. I don't even think he had any points. Let's get Carter Verhage. Uh, let's get Sam Bennett. Let's get Nick Cousins going. Florida Panthers had a lot of good things happen, but it's because they created those chances. They played well. They were battling in the corners. They were doing everything that they needed to do well, and that's that was the difference. And the Toronto Maple Leafs, they just... They just didn't show up. Now, one thing I will say is that Joseph Wool, man, he has looked, he looked stellar. Like he he looked like a goalie that wanted to be there, that meant to be there. I think he had a 9-15 all playoffs. The, the one game he came in uh, just as relief, and then the two games that he started. But Joseph Wool, he he looked he looked great. He looked great. And honestly, I, I would be very surprised if he did not come back next year and was the backup. Or they did like a tandem or something like that with Sam Sonoff. Um, and then Murray would get shipped off somewhere else. Obviously, that's a conversation for another time. But I would be very surprised if he wasn't. He played well. He deserves a spot on the Toronto Maple Leafs. And with that play with the regular season and in the playoffs, I would give him a spot. Because you'd be dumb not to. But yeah, this series, the Panthers win four games to one and the Toronto Maple Leafs are out in the second round. I would still characterize this as a win for this year because it is moving forward. It is progress, uh, but still disappointing for Leafs Nation. Now we're going to get into the next one, which is the Hurricanes versus the New Jersey Devils. Yes, for Foss, tips it in. Carolina wins 
I was really hoping for more of a pushback from the New Jersey Devils. And I never doubted the Hurricanes being able to win. I just didn't think it was going to be in five. And honestly, the Hurricanes are my pick for the cup. I think the way that they're built, even though that they don't have all of their players uh, with them, now they're getting, they don't have Svechnikov, but they are getting Teravinen back. Uh, they still don't have Patch Ready, who I don't think is going to come back anyway. Um, but still, the way that they've been able to get this depth scoring from them, Jordan Martinook had seven assists, I think 10 points in that series. Jesper Fast had six points in that series. Sebastian Ajo has been playing really well. Frederick Anderson, I think he has like a 931 in the playoffs so far. And even in that series, he only had one blimp with that 8-4 loss. But other than that, like this team is the real deal. And it's, it's been a very long time where the Hurricanes have been good and they just haven't been able to break through. And now we're probably going to see that and even looking forward to that uh, Panthers Carolina uh, series I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a good one uh, but I do think that the Carolina Hurricanes come on top of that one Uh, I don't have an exact prediction yet but if I had to guess I think it would be the Hurricanes in six games but even when we just talk about the series so far uh, I guess some positives for the New Jersey Devils even though this was a pretty disappointing series I mean losing 5-1 6-1 then they have that win and then they lose 6-1 and then 3-2 obviously that 3-2 game was very just deflating for them but uh, you know, I mean, Akira Schmid, even through this whole playoffs, has been stellar. You know, he's, he's had some games that have been back and forth, and it hasn't been exactly like, you know, perfect for him, but he's been, he's looked good. I mean, I think he had a 921 in the playoffs, and he looked very just in himself, and in, in a good way, I should say. And he didn't look nervous, he didn't look scared, and um, obviously in that series, he did get thrown around a bit with what he was able to do, but. I had no doubt that if you were to put Akira Schmidt in the net, then I wouldn't be nervous as a coach. And I think that's what you look for. It's the same as Joseph Ole with the Toronto Maple Leafs. The fans did not seem scared to have those rookie goalies in. And that's what's really amazing about it is that they played well enough where you could trust them over goalies who were either hurt or, in the New Jersey Devils case, played well through the regular season, but just weren't able to play well in the playoffs. And Vanacek just wasn't that. I think he he just, I don't even think he played well once throughout a whole series, even against the Rangers. they had to, The Devils had to pull out stuff from various places just to be able to win uh, through various scoring chances and crane them themselves, even when there were some bad goals being let in. or the, it, it just was a whole debacle for the New Jersey Devils. But they got past the first round. They got past the Rangers. And... They end up losing in five games to the Carolina Hurricanes, who, honestly, I would have taken over both those teams anyway. But uh, besides that, uh, Jack Hughes, 11 points in the playoffs. And they, he, there's, there was just that point where, honestly, I don't think that their offense was able to produce enough to where it was great. Like, Timo Meyer, where was he? Where was he in this whole playoff? Like, two goals through the first two games. Then you have an 8-4, only three goals through the through those uh, games one, two, and four. And then you have two goals in the last game where you lose in overtime. And that, that's just how it goes. That's just how it goes. I think the Carolina Hurricanes were able to get depth scoring and they were able to have those guys step up. And that was the difference. That was the difference that the Carolina Hurricanes have is that they have other lines that can score and they stepped up when they needed them most. And the Hurricanes are going to be that team. I, I, I seriously think that they are the number one team besides, and you could say Vegas too, but I, I think they're that team to win the cup right now. And it's it's not much of a debate to me, but there it is. The Carolina Hurricanes winning in five games, four games to one, that is. And uh, man, they look extremely good. But 
now we look to the West, and that first one being the Las Vegas Golden Knights versus the Edmonton Oilers. It's near the Vegas net, and dying seconds, that's going to do it. The Golden Knights have eliminated the Oilers in six games to advance... And you know what? When I see this series, I honestly expected it, like other ones, I expected it to be... I expected it to go seven, and I picked the Oilers in seven, and I'll take that heat. I said they were going to win. They lost in six games to the Golden Knights, but man, let's just start off with the Golden Knights first. And even... I usually go to the players first, but let's go to the goaltending. Aiden Hill in that final game saved the next 39 shots after allowing those two goals in game six. 39 shots! That's 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 massive. When you have Laurent Brassois go out, who is who has played relatively decent hockey in the playoffs, sub nine hundred, um, but enough to get you by. Aiden Hill has played four games in the postseason, four, and he's three one and zero, two point one nine goals against average, uh, nine thirty four in this. Uh, in these playoffs this year, and he's been really good. He's been very good to Laurent Brassois, who has gotten most of the starts, an 894 this year, and a 3.18 goals against average. So let's just give you know some credit to Aiden Hill in this way. Saved 39 of those shots, uh, especially against the Edmonton Oilers team that was pushing and pushing and pushing. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl, actually, to note, in the last two games did not have any points no points at all, um, despite his hot start in that series where six of his seven points in the series were goals. So, you know, it's it's tough to see in that way if you're an Oilers fan. Even when we look at Carmack David, 10 points in the series, uh, five of those being goals. Both of them stepped up in those games uh, throughout the series. They, 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 were, they were there. But the one problem with the Edmonton Oilers is that they were not getting death scoring. Where was Kyler Yamamoto? Where was Nugent Hopkins? Honestly, where, where was he? In that series, he was nowhere to be found. And the the season that he had, the regular season that is that he had, was extremely phenomenal for in his case. It, it was it was amazing for him. It's just tremendous season. And then he goes into the playoffs, and he's just a ghost, right? And we look at that depth scoring, and we're like, where is that going to come from? Really? I mean, like Clem Costum was doing his job. I think he had maybe like a couple points in the series, nothing special. But that's, that's kind of what you look for anyway in depth scoring. But they just could not get that. They could not get that going. I just want to know Evan Bouchard also a great series or sorry a great playoffs that is. He he was he was phenomenal. He should get all the money that he deserves. He's an RFA this year for the Oilers, but he should get all the money he deserves because he should be leading that power play for the Edmonton Oilers for years to come. Uh, but going back to the Golden Knights, I mean, Jack Eichel has been great. 14 points in 11 games. Mark Stone, 12 points in 11 games. And even in this way, when we look to that series with the Oilers and the Golden Knights, and we look over to who really stepped up and who did their job and who was there when they needed them most, Jack Eichel, in his first playoff Playoffs, that is. I was about to say playoff series, but playoffs, that is. He was great. He was great. Like, e- even even when we look at how he did this this playoffs, like, even the, four, so 14 points in 11 games, just, just to kind of point that out there. Nothing, like, extremely phenomenal, but still very solid. Like, he, he does not look out of place. In that last game, one assist. In the game before, three points, even though that was in a losing effort. He did another three points. I think that was in game two or Game 3, uh, but Jack Eichel has been great. Uh, Mark Stone came in clutch at different points in the series when he needed to. Um, you can tell that his back is hurting him. He's not 100%, which I kind of called anyway, but I hope he's doing better than what he was 
but he he's he's been great. Jonathan Marchessault so with that natural hat trick, um, and even getting depth scoring from Ivan Barbashev, nine points in eleven games in the playoffs. Um, and it's the, the Vegas Golden Knights are a team that I think a lot of people doubted through the whole year. They Everybody thought that something was going to be a problem, whether it was goaltending, whether it was depth, whatever it was. And they have silenced everybody about that. And I, I think that's what's been very key for the Vegas Golden Knights, is that they focused on their own hockey, they focused on their own play, and they've gotten through it, and they've just done their own thing. And I think that's what's important for them. They, they've, they've focused on their game, their play, and what they can do, and look at them. They they beat the Oilers in six games who were supposed to be cup favorites. They're now in the conference finals going up against the Dallas Stars. But even going back to the Edmonton Oilers, uh, one thing I do want to point out, Stuart Skinner was not exactly great. It wasn't exactly great. I don't really think that's sugarcoating anything um, in this way. And, and I, I do want to mention, though, this being his first playoffs, and they gave him a ton of responsibility like, like a, a ton of responsibility. Like even when we look through the whole playoffs as a whole, an 883, a 3.68 goals against average, um, it just, it wasn't great. He got pulled, uh, I think it was about four times this playoffs, three in the Vegas series. It just, he, he couldn't, he couldn't seem to get things going like very steady. I mean, he has a, he has a great game, then he has a bad game. He has a good game, then he has a bad game. And even then that last one, uh, he saved, he had 17 shots on goal, saves 13 of them, lets in four. It just, it just wasn't great for Stuart Skinner, and I don't want to put the whole blame on him because I think there were some games where he was just getting absolutely peppered, and the Edmontonians weren't helping him out. And then there was other times where it just didn't work out for him. And yeah, it was his fault, but his first playoffs, I don't think he was terrible, uh, but he definitely wasn't good enough to keep them in. I always wondered why they didn't put Jack Campbell in for at least a game to start. Um, but you know what? I guess it's where that person gets you. That one person gets you too. Uh, you keep using them until there there's nothing left and i i think that's what the edmonton oilers kind of saw in Stuart skinner is that he got us here he got us the playoffs he got us to this point he deserves the net even though that jack campbell when put in relief has been pretty good and he, he was good he was good i'll give him that but honestly it is the vegas golden knights beating the edmonton oilers in four games to two in six and they are now facing off against the Dallas Stars, which is the next series that we go into. It is the Dallas Stars versus the Seattle Kraken. To the sidewall, back to the point, done towards the net, save Ottinger! It ends up in the corner, Ben has the puck, clears the zone, game seven is over! And that is all they wrote for a tremendous series to end the second round is the Dallas Stars beating the Seattle Kraken in seven games. And honestly, I didn't watch it too closely, but when I did, it was always so exciting to watch. Just the Seattle Kraken reminded me of like a Vegas Golden Knights 2.0, which I think everybody kind of thought of right when it happened too. But that's instantly what I thought about. And it was just such an exciting series to watch when I did. And let's just go over some things first. Uh, let's start with Seattle Kraken. I mentioned before the series even started is that if they wanted to win, they needed to have all four of their lines scoring. And because that's what the Seal Kraken do. Everyone produces and everyone gets to chip in. And that's what I loved about the Seattle Kraken. Everyone did. Yanni Gord, 13 points in 14 games, another gamer. Two of them actually, him and Pavelski, I call it gamers, but like 
great in this series. Jordan Eberle, 11 points, 14 games, and Schwartz with 10 points in 14 games. And even when we look over to the Dallas Stars side, one of the more underrated players, if you know me, that I, I usually more or less talk about now is Rupe Hints, 19 points in 13 games played. Jason Robertson, 12 points in 13 games. And Max Domi, 11 points in 13 games. Now, let's just go over a couple of things here. I'm going to go back to the CL Kraken here for a second. And they made this series a lot more interesting than I really think people did. Because even after beating the Colorado Avalanche, the defending Stanley Cup champions, if you didn't know already, it was kind of... Well, it wasn't really looking good for the, for the Seattle Kraken. People were still writing them off. Even after you take the, down the defending Stanley Cup champions in seven games, you're still not really being given the recognition that you should going into a series against the Dallas Stars, which, to be fair, this is to take nothing away from the Dallas Stars, I should mention. They are a very good team, very capable a lot of the reason why they won and the reason why they are in the conference finals. But the Seattle Kraken does, should deserve more credit than is what they're given, I guess. And their team is just, as I mentioned, one, is very exciting. And two, they just know how to play structured hockey. They just know how to play good hockey. They, they know how to make things interesting, fun, and different. Like even Dave Haxtell, what a coach he is. I think, uh, you know, top three in the finals for coach of the year. I think that's where he should have been. I can't remember if that's where he was actually put, but tremendous coach. And to think that the year before, the first year being the coach, that his job was on the line is just out of this world. And now they've seen what he actually can do uh, after adding speed and some and some depth. And we, we've seen that now. We've seen that now. Seattle Kraken can be that team to kind of screw over some other teams when things kind of get rough. And that's the Seattle Kraken. And I, I love that game. I love that style of play, honestly. It's just, it's fun to watch. I, I love that. Uh, but one thing I should say about the Seattle Kraken is Philip Grubauer, a 903 in the playoffs, a uh, 2.99 goals against average. He, you, we saw kind of, what, how I kind of saw is that we saw like, little sparks of light from what we used to see from the Colorado Avalanche with him. And obviously he hasn't been that same goalie that we we've been used to seeing uh, in the you know years past, but I think we really did see that. In especially in the playoffs and that's what I'm I'm really kind of happy to see is that Philip Grubauer kind of had his game back. Now, to be fair, there were games where he wasn't himself and he wasn't great and that's just kind of how it went. Uh, but in this way, Philip Grubauer I think should have some, you know, conversation about uh, Martin Jones didn't really get a chance in this in this playoffs. I don't really think he should have anyway. I think this was Grubauer's net to lose, uh, even though in the regular season they were both pretty even with the numbers, at least numbers wise. Um, but good on him. Uh, and you know, I want to just give creds to Yanni Gord again. He was. He, he was just everywhere on the ice, whether it was the offensive side, the defensive side, he was hitting, blocking shots. That's just the kind of player he is. That's an amazing pickup, even though it was just from expansion. Uh, amazing pickup by the Seattle Kraken uh, with him, and he'll be there for years to come and be an important piece. Uh, but when we look over to the Dallas Stars, again, Rupe hints 19 points in 13 games. How good has he been? How good has he been for the Dallas Stars? He, he is probably one of the more underrated players, I would say, in the NHL right now. I don't really think that is a question when we talk about Ruby Hens. Even when we talk about the games that he played, three points uh, here and two points there, a goal after that takeaway, I think it was from Adam Larson in that uh, game seven. Is he so good? 
Is he so good? And even with Jason Robertson, even though he has 12 points, only two goals, I think people are kind of not realizing how much he actually is contributing. Now, this is not the Jason Robertson that we're used to, who is, you know, a, a point per game, uh, is seen in those flashy plays that we've, you know, the regular season has showed. Uh, but even 10 assists in the playoffs so far, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say that's terrible. Has he been, you know, amazing in the Seattle series? I think so. I think so. I think people are just more used to him scoring rather than contributing on the assist side. And that's kind of taking away and saying that, oh, he needs to be better, uh, which I think he could be better, but I don't necessarily think he's been bad. I, I don't I don't think he's been bad at all. And I, I think there, there should be some credit to that side because Jason Robertson does know how to get things done. And we've seen that. And another person from the Dallas Stars who is making people so nervous, Jake Ottinger. Jake, let's talk about Jake Ottinger for a second because the way that he played in the first round was, was great. I mean, that's that's exactly what you want to see from your goalie. That's exactly what you want to see. And then the second round kind of comes around. Things are kind of being a little bit scary. We see him get pulled. We see him get pulled again. And then we see him have a good game. And then there's a terrible game. And then game seven comes. And he's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. Saves 22 of 23 and 957. Only that one goal with 17.6 seconds left. Jake Ottinger was the guy that needed to show up when they needed him most. And that is exactly what happened. And that's pretty much who you're hoping for in the conference finals. You're hoping for the round one and game seven Jake Ottinger and not the most of the second round Jake Ottinger. So we're going to see how that kind of goes against Vegas. We know Vegas is a is a very uh, high, uh, scoring team. Uh, they know how to play you tough. But that's what the Dallas Stars do. That's what the Dallas Stars do also. So it's going to be a fun series. That one specifically is going to be a very fun series. But in this one, we see the Dallas Stars beating out the Seattle Kraken, who I am a little bit sad about. I would have liked to see an expansion team battle. But beating out the Seattle Kraken in seven games. But that does it for this podcast of going over each series. Don't worry, we will be back with the conference final reviews. But this was a very interesting second round and one that is, <laughs> it is going to be a very interesting conference final. So hopefully you can join me next time for that. Like I, as I mentioned before with all my podcasts, if you have just found me randomly and stumbled upon this podcast, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of it. If you would rather go watch shorter videos or even read, I have my link tree in my Instagram, which is ZSHockey1. My, my TikTok, which is ZS Hockey, and my Twitter, which is ZS Hockey with two Ys. I wish I could keep it all the same, but everybody takes names sometimes. And also my Substack. If you want to go read and you're not much of a you know a video watcher or even a listener on this podcast, then you can go and give my thoughts from my Substack. Now I appreciate you listening to this because it isn't always easy to listen to podcasts because sometimes you know what it just gets away from us. So I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you staying to the end, and I hope you have an amazing day. Have fun watching some hockey and we'll talk next time.